And so I just want to refresh you of where, we, where we've been. We've got some visitors. We've got some that have been in and out as, as this series has gone on. And so really quickly, the first week of the new year, we talked about that we are to go deeper in our relationships, that we're to go deeper with our relationships with God and with others. And Terry had this uh, Holy Spirit-inspired moment as she's driving to work one morning as, as the beginning of the year. And she said, Jesus is more than a resolution. He's a relationship. Amen. And very true. That was on the sign for several weeks. And that is true. Jesus is more than a, a resolution. He, it's about a relationship. It's not about rites and rituals, but it's about a relationship, going deeper with the Lord. So we talked about going deeper in our relationships, and then we came back and we talked about that we have to go deeper in prayer. And we, and we kind of learned a lesson from uh, a small child, a friend of mine, um, Ricky Simmons, that's over at Jehovah Missionary Baptist Church. And his daughter, we were talking about things that we should go deeper with. I was talking about that with him one day when we ran into him at lunch. And his little granddaughter, from the mouth of a babe, she just said, just talk to Jesus. Amen. That's what prayer is about, is simply talking to Jesus. It's not uh, using formal uh, wordy language, uh, and we gave examples of how I've been in churches, I've spoken in churches, and, and men will come down to pray for the offering, and, you know, they talk to me one way, and then when they get down here, oh, thy great and heavenly, you know, majesty, you know, Father, we thank you, we love thee, and I'm like, dude, you don't talk thee and thou with me whenever we're just talking. Sure, you should approach God with reverence, but it's not about so much what we say or how we say it, it's about simply having a relationship with him. It's about simply talking with Jesus. Then we came back and we said the next week, we said that we've got to go deeper in our Bible reading and our study, right? And we, we kind of talked about how the way we treat our Bible is the way we treat Jesus. A lot of times we'll come to church and we'll say, oh, I love Jesus. I love, I love his word. And then we go home and, and we toss our Bibles down and and we go throughout the week and we're like, okay, well, I would probably read my Bible, but like, where did I put it? Did, did I put it under this stack of clothes? Or did I put it in this cabinet? You know, we can't find it. We say we love it, but it's not really a part of our lives. And so we said that we have to go deeper in our Bible reading and our Bible studying. Amen? But as I was preparing for this week's message, I was reminded of this truth. There are no shortcuts when it comes to going deeper, there are no shortcuts to deeper relationships. There are no shortcuts to a deeper prayer life. There's no shortcuts to having a deeper understanding of God's word. All of these things take time. Amen? We can't get to know God and others intimately in an instant, can we? It takes time. We can't become a prayer warrior overnight, can we? No, it takes standing in the gap. It takes praying for others on a regular basis. It takes consistently praying and talking to God. And we can't become a Bible scholar just by picking our Bibles up once, can we? No, we have to study it. We have to pray it. We have to read it. And we have to live it. Amen? So there are no shortcuts when it comes to going deeper. And so today we kind of pick up our fourth word in, in your bulletin. It's not Terry's fault. Your bulletin is actually wrong. Uh, I thought I was going to be preaching and teaching on giving and service. 
And the Lord is doing a work in my life. Amen. He's kind of teaching me to, okay, Chris, slow down. Right? You don't have to say, okay, we got to get these two things in and, and we got to check them off. As, as you saw in Psalm 10, we kind of made it away and said, okay, we'll pick up next week. And that's okay. Amen. We don't have to rush through it just because it's been prepared. But we'll preach and teach what the Lord lays on our heart. And so this morning, we are going to take a look at going deeper in our giving. Now, for those of you that might be visiting or is passing through, and you're thinking, my gosh, every time I go to church, the pastor preaches about giving. Well, I didn't line this Sunday up. Amen. We're going through this series. And, and whether you're a seasoned saint who's been here since we opened these doors or whether you're just passing through, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just prick your heart and help you to see something in this message. Amen. Because we all need to go deeper in our giving. And so we know that God is a giver. Amen. God is a wonderful. Jimmy mentioned it in his prayer this morning as we took up the offering. We are blessed. We're blessed that we live in a country, as our missionaries uh, told us in our prayer request from last week, you know, there's a war going on in the Ukraine. And their prayer is, God, may you use this war that people might seek you. Now, we don't have a physical war yet in this country, but we are blessed. We can come and worship here. We can come here freely. Amen. Amen. But whoever would have thought, how about you guys, some of our senior saints, who would have ever thought we'd live in a time and day in which we have to make sure that all the doors except entry points into this church are locked except one so that we can see who's coming and going. Why? Because people come into churches to shoot and to kill the pastor and, and other people because they're disgruntled. They're lost. They're angry. Amen? They need Jesus. They need to come. They come with an ulterior motive, but they need to come and hear that God loves them for who they are. But we live in a day and time to where we have to worry about those things. But we know that God is a giver. James tells us every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. So I ask you this morning, what has God given us? What has God given us? He's given us life. He's given us creation. In the beginning, was the word. In the beginning, God spoke and there was light. So he's given us creation. He's given us breath. Right? He took dust from the ground and breathed life into it. That's how he made man. He's given us nourishment. We have water. We have food. We have the things that we need to to sustain this life. He's given us himself. Amen? Amen? And he gave us Jesus. He gave it all. He gave his son that we might not, uh, that we might not just have life, but have eternal life and to have it abundantly. So this morning I want to kind of look at, at two passages to kind of kick us off as we're going to talk about going deeper in our giving. And I want to, I want to ask you this question. What do we know about giving? What do we know about giving? Well, the first point I submit to you this morning is that you've heard it said time and time again. It is better to give than than to receive. Amen. So turn in your copy of God's Word to the book of Acts. It would be in New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, um, then Acts. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20. 
Acts chapter 20. We're going to be, uh, we're going to start in verse 32. But as you're turning there, you need to kind of set the picture of where we are this morning. So here we see Paul, he's talking to the, um, the elders in Ephesus. And so he's kind of, he, he's talking to the men who are responsible for leading the church. And I want you to listen to what he tells us. So Acts 20, verse 32, when you found your place, say amen. Verse 32. And now I commend to you, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Verse 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Right there, in God's word, his love letter to us. We see that. It's not just something we say in church, amen, but we need to know the source of the things that we say. We need to test them by God's word. Now, here's something I want you to know. As I was studying this, it says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I have what they call a red letter Bible, which puts the words of Jesus in red. And so I kind of looked in the bottom where it normally gives you a footnote and it'll say, you know, this is where Jesus said this. Go and look in this chapter and in this verse and here's where Jesus said this. And I said, well, I don't see a little inscription. I don't see where it's leading me back to. And so guys, I wondered where did Jesus say this? So I started digging And that's one of our points, right? We mentioned a few weeks ago before we did Psalm 10 that we have to go deeper in our study and the reading of God's Word. So when you're reading it, you can't just read it and say, oh, okay, yeah, I saw that. No, engage your heart. Engage your mind. And the Holy Spirit will what? He will equip you. He'll he'll sharpen you. He'll he'll take that and he'll, he'll, he'll say, well, Chris, look at this. And in some of our senior saints can testify. They could read a passage their whole life and they come back to it and they read, read it again. They say, well, I never, I never noticed that before. Amen. So I began to dig. I began to go deeper in the study of God's word and listen to what I kind of read and what I found. And I was reminded of this and I want to remind you why. Because as I told you last week, sometimes we got to be way up here. Amen. We got to be at like the 5,000 feet view. And sometimes we got to get down in the weeds, right? We, we got to get down in the weeds. We, and so we're going to pray. I'm going to preach and teach up here. And sometimes I'm going to get down in the weeds and you might say, and then I'll clap my hands and you'll be back on board. Okay. But just hang with me. Just bear with me. So listen, the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were written after Paul was ministering. And it was written after he spoke to the Ephesian elders, recorded in Acts. And furthermore, not everything Jesus said is recorded, right? It's not. Because listen, 
Apostle John said these words in, in his writings in John twenty thirty. He said, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. He went on in chapter 21, and he writes this in chapter 21, verse 25. Listen to what John says. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written? I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. So here's my point to you this morning. As Paul was talking to the leaders and the elders at Ephesus, and he's saying, remember, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. That would have been a known fact, amen? They would have known that. He didn't have to give it the context. It didn't have to be quoted in any of the other gospels. It was a known fact. And so we look at that and we don't say, oh, there's an error in the Bible. No, there's not an error in the Bible because John says where everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did, if it were to all be written down, the books of this world could not contain it. Amen? So that's where our faith comes into play. So not only should we uh, know and remember that it's better to give than to receive, we need to know this morning that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Now, I, I kind of take it, I was like, okay, the old church we were at, we served at, um, I was kind of the associate pastor there and took on a little bit different role. And I'd hear our, our campus pastor get up and he'd say, well, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Okay, okay, yeah, I heard, yeah, he'd say that all the time. And I'm like, well, where is that? Where is that? Is that true? Does the Lord really love a cheerful giver? He does, and I'm going to show you this morning. Turn over, uh, keep on going past Acts. You'll get Romans, and then after Romans, you'll be in 1 Corinthians. I want you to turn over to the second letter to the Corinthians. So turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want you to see these words. Does the Lord indeed love a cheerful giver? So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 6 falls under the heading of the cheerful giver. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Now this ain't in my notes. Each one must give what he's decided in your heart. Can I tell you something? When we take up the offering... When, when you tithe, that's between you and the Lord. Amen? That's not for your Sunday school teacher to set. That's not for your interim pastor to set. That's not for your chairman of deacons to set. But that is between you and the Lord. That's what his word says. Let's keep reading. And we must, listen, we must, uh, I'm going to start over. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, are under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's not stop there, though. Look at verse 10 and verse 11. Skip down there. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving 
to God. What a challenge this morning, right? So let's take this a step further, right? Because we're talking about going deeper, living deeper, going past the surface, peeling that layer of the onion off and going deeper. It's kind of like every Sunday when I get up and talk. I'm asking you, what's the next step that you need to take with Jesus? Amen? I didn't say a leap. I didn't say jump from here to the back of the sanctuary. No, it's simply, what's that next step? And sometimes, guys, and the way our faith works is that we might take that next All we see is that next step. Take it. If the Lord lays it on your heart and you're praying it through and you're like, okay, God, this is what I sent you, uh, you're supposed to be doing, then I encourage you to take it. And sometimes you might have to wait. Sometimes you might not see the path before you. Then wait. But sometimes you'll take that step and you'll go along and as you're going deeper with your relationship with him, amen, as you're spending time in his word and you're talking to him, then he might say, well, Chris, I want you to go here. Okay. And then you see that next step. You don't see the path. Take the next step. So I want to go a little deeper and I want to ask you how we're to give. How are we to give? Well, we saw this morning that we're supposed to give cheerfully, right? Like, you're not supposed to come to church and open up your checkbook and be like, church, right? Like, what good? That's not being a cheerful giver, amen? We're to give cheerfully. We're to give regularly. We're to give regularly. And here's why. Because we're to give consistently. I want you to think about other things in your life. We've talked about going deeper in, in, in prayer and Bible study. And we could talk about fitness or losing weight. Whatever you want to talk about. But habits take time and repetition. Amen? So you can't just come to church and hear a message about giving. Man, we should have took the offering up last, Jimmy. Man. All right, we might just do it again. There you go. Amen. People might be compelled to give. And we're not, we're not going to turn it down. Amen. Um, <laughs> but we're to give regularly. You can't just come to Sunday. You, you can't come Sunday after Sunday and say, I'm going to give today. I might just give when I feel moved. Right? But give regularly. Here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to encourage you. Give a little. Right? Give into give in proportion to your income. Now, some weeks you might give more. Amen. Depends on your pay, especially if you're married, like Kendall and I. Some weeks you might give more or you might give less. Depends on who gets paid that week. Or you might do what we do and kind of even it out, right? And say, okay, this is what we this is what we're kind of can um, this is what we can give, and so we're just going to spread that out. But give something and give regularly. Why? Because it becomes a habit. It becomes repetition. And then I think if you begin to give and, and, and you don't give begrudgingly, then maybe you might become a cheerful giver. Amen? The other thing I want to encourage you is that we need to give generously. We need to give generously. And why is that? Because what's the opposite of generous generosity? It's greed. I think it's greed. Look back in, in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 9, verse 11. 
Paul tells the church at Corinth, he says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Friends, when you're generous and you give generously, people should be thanking and praising God. Amen? Our missionaries last week that we've supported for, what, 39 years, longer than I've been alive, they're thankful for your generosity. Amen? Because it's helped them to further the gospel. They know there's someone praying for them. They know when they come back to the States that you're going to get to see them and, and meet them face to face and encourage them and love them. But you give. Can I tell you something else? You need to give quietly. We, we don't give for show. Turn with me to Mark's gospel. Mark, um, this is kind of like Bible drill on some of these Sundays. We don't just stay in one passage. We kind of go all over the place. Um, but turn over to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And we're going to look in uh, verse 41. Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. When you found your place, say amen. All right, y'all tracking with me. Good job. A few of you sleep, but it's all right. We'll wake you up in a minute. I'll do something to get your attention. Mark 12, starting in verse 41. This falls under the heading of the widow's offering. And he sat down, that's Jesus, he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. What an example. So we're to give cheerfully, we're to give regularly, we're to give generously, we're to give quietly. And can I tell you something else this morning? We're to give expecting nothing in return. Thank you. Because when we give, your giving does not earn you power. It does not earn you say. It does not earn you clout in the house of God. Amen. Just because you give, you might give more than somebody else. And you might give less than somebody else. But just because you give and just because you faithfully give does not give you power. Does not give you clout and does not give you say. Because guess what? Then you gave for the wrong motive. Amen? You didn't give out a heart of a love. You didn't give out a heart being cheerful and generous. You gave out a heart of greed. I don't know where it's at in my notes. I might have it somewhere else. But can I tell you something this morning? I don't know what any of y'all gives. Amen? And and interim pastor or pastor, they shouldn't know. And for those ones who count the money, that's part of your job. You better think twice about noticing numbers and figures. Amen? Because that is a, that's between them and the Lord. And you kind of, it's important. We got to count. We got to have accountability. But don't use that 
Don't use that against somebody else. That is a special position the Lord's put you in, and He respects your cooperation and your honesty and your silence. Amen? Because you see, all these things we talked about, when you give and don't expect something back, that's love. And I want to also remind you this morning that giving is an act of worship. So what are some ways that you can give more, right? Because we can't come to a series about giving deeper, going deeper in our giving, and me not give you some actionable next steps, amen? I'd, be, I'd fail as my job as a minister of the gospel. So here's some ways that you can give more. Step one, or not step one, here's an idea one, give. Give. For some of you, you might not be giving anything. Give. If you're giving, step up your giving, right? I need to do this. I need to do this. And I started this morning. But here's the thing. Think about it. If you aren't giving anything and you gave $10 a week, that's $40 a month if you come regularly. What difference will it make? I don't know. It can make an eternal impact, as Jimmy said, and as, as we pray whenever we take up the offering, God, use this to the furtherance of your kingdom, not for ours. Because guess what? If we build it, we have to sustain it. If the Lord builds it, the Lord sustains it. Amen? Now, some programs, some things that the Lord starts, guess what? He don't always keep. Amen? There are sacred cows that sometimes need to be sacrificed and move on out of the way. There are some new things that need to be started. But if we build it, we sustain it. If God builds it, he sustains it. I think I'd rather be in that second category. Amen? So step up your giving. And guess what? This might include rebudgeting. And can I remind you something else this morning? Before you can rebudget, you got to budget. So where's your money going? I mean, we went through a financial peace class. I didn't learn a whole lot. I kind of resemble some of y'all. I, I used to sit in a pew too, and I used to sit in classes. And as teachers up there, and they think they got it, everybody's going to get it. No, but I got two or three things out of there that really helped me. Amen? And that helped me take next steps and hopefully help you take next steps. But here's the thing. Before you can give, before you can rebudget and figure out what you can give, you got to budget. you got to see where your money's going. And that's part of the reason the church today is kind of collapsing as far as financially, not our church in in general, but in churches overall, is because people are burdened. People can't give because they don't have it. As Dave Ramsey says, they're too worried they're out there buying things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. And there's no capacity, there's no margin in their lives, in their budget. So how can they give to God when there's no margin? So the other thing that you might could do is make wiser choices, right? So if you're not giving, give. If you're giving, maybe step back and say, okay, maybe I don't go to, uh, maybe I don't go to dinner on Friday night. Maybe I cook at home. 
or like me, maybe if you work somewhere, we have a cafeteria where maybe instead of going out to lunch, maybe I'm going to give $10 more. And so the way I'm going to kind of accumulate that $10 and make sure I kind of have it is instead of going out to lunch and paying a tip, I'm just going to go grab something from the cafeteria. Right? So that's, you're going to give, but it's also that next step of you're going to make wiser choices. And then the third thing I want to mention to you this morning is set a goal. Set a goal of giving. What is your goal to give? And then maybe it's to set a goal of ways you can save to give. Amen? And i give you an example back in April of 2017. No, it wouldn't have been April. Like February, like this time of year. In, in 2017, I made a little post-it note. And at the top of it, I put 90 days of saying no to the following. Okay? Because I knew I needed more margin in my life financially. Don't say any amens, Kendall. Don't stand up and testify or shout or do anything else this morning. So I said 90 days of saying no to the following. And here was my goal. I was not, not going to buy any more books. For 90 days, I wasn't going to buy any books. I wasn't going to buy any clothes. And I wasn't going to buy any electronics. Anything electronical. And then I put a little line and I said, less fries and more exercise. Well, struggle with the fries and struggle with the exercise. But anyway, but you have to set goals. Amen. You've got to just kind of paint that picture of where you want to be. And I give you that this morning as an example. As I tarry to kind of finish real quick. Can I tell you that honestly giving comes with a sacrifice? Giving comes with a sacrifice. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to give up? There's never enough time when you're looking at the clock. Amen? I don't even remember what time I started. Y'all just bear with me. I'm going to keep going for a minute. Hey, hey, the ones that's visiting, we've been telling people the last few weeks... Y'all just hold on. We'll get you out of here. And by that time, the second batch of fresh food will be coming out on the buffet, okay? Everybody else will go through and get the first run, and you'll get the hot second batch. All right, here we go. As we're talking about giving, I cannot preach a message about giving and not talk about the cost of doing church. Amen? It costs to do church. And I want you to know that our budget for 2019 was just over $92,000. That's what we as a church, your leadership, um, your finance committee, and the deacons, and and then the church as a whole as we met and said, okay, here's our goal. $92,000 is what we budgeted. Does that mean we have $92,000 sitting in the bank? No. Right? But that's that's just an outline of where we want to be. And so if you divide that out over 12 months... That means that we would need $7,600 a month in tithes and offerings. And can I tell you something? You know what our average is in month, monthly giving? We average around, or we have averaged about $7,500 a month. So can I tell you one thing, and I want to brag on your deacons, I want to brag on the finance committee, is that our leadership are good stewards. Right? They keep our expenses in check. We don't have some astronomical budget that we can't meet. But they're realistic in what they set those things. 
And we don't spend more than we take in. And we have priorities. Did you know that 22% of our budget goes directly to missionaries that we support? Off the top, you can look at it if you come. Most of that stuff is open when we have our business meetings. And you can look at the budget. And if you look at the bottom of the budget, it says uh, world missions giving $20,000. Right there off the top. No matter how much we bring in, our goal every year is that we want to send $20,000 right now into the mission field. Into the pockets, into the accounts of our missionaries that are sharing the gospel. Because why? Because that's a priority for Bible Fellowship Church. Because why? We believe that the gospel is to go forth. In the world we live in, it takes a little bit of money for you to do that. Amen? People have, have things that they have to do. And so I want to remind you, just like your house and just like your checking account, Bible Fellowship has utility bills. Right? Lights got turned on this morning. You know, we communicate via the internet. The church was warm. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Jimmy made sure that's on every morning. That's a gas bill. We have insurance, just like you have insurance. We have insurance. We have maintenance. Things need repair. The, we got clean. The church has got to be clean. We got to cut the lawn, make sure it looks nice. Right? We have salaries. So just like you, the church has things that it has to work on as well. I'm just going to dive real quick through some of this. Guess what? If you don't get it all, go back and listen online, BibleFellowshipSumter.com. You can slow it down or you can listen to it again. But I, I want to get through this so we can move on to serving next week. If you don't have money, don't spend it. Amen? So how do you apply a message like this to you personally, each of you in this pew? If you don't have money, don't spend it. If you don't have money, don't swipe it. Amen? It used to be the old joke was, oh, you'll take a check. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, you take a check. I can, I can buy anything with a check. And can I can I caution you something else this morning too? And can I warn you about the pro, pro, prosperity gospel? That you know, you give and God will will make sure it's there. You're not going to hear from this old preacher that you know there are some people in our community. Well, you know what, uh, church, if you if you'll give a hundred dollars, you might only have five in your account, but if you give a hundred dollars. God will make sure it's there. You're not going to hear that from me. And can I tell you the truth about something? And this is really sad. Kendall worked in the financial institutions in this town for a few years. There are tithe and offering checks that are written that bounce. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to give more than you got. I'm just challenging you to go deeper. To go past the surface and say, okay, do I really need that extra candy bar? Do I really need that extra meal? Do I really need to take that trip? Can I find a way that I can put five more dollars or ten more dollars in the offering plate? Why? Not to have clout, not to have say, not to be showy, but why? So that the the ministry of Bible fellowship can continue to go forth. Amen? Our doors are still open and it takes money to keep those doors open. I just want to make a quick thing is credit. Credit. That's why I mentioned a minute ago, if you don't have it, don't swipe it. Oh, I pay for it later. No, man. Listen, credit is the slave that many families are shackled by today.
when you go deeper on your giving, that's my goal for you this morning is to think of ways that you can go deeper in your giving. You're going to feel a pinch. But I want to remind you what the gospel said. Where we spend our money says a lot about our heart. Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, you can go look it up when you go home. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this morning, can I tell you that you can never earn your way into heaven? You can never give your way into heaven. You can never earn enough extra credit by doing good things to get into heaven. You'll always be in the negative. You'll always be in the red. Isaiah tells us all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. But friends, then enters Jesus. Jesus gave it all. What are you willing to give?